0: I'm not overdoing this, but I want to just say this is a model, a model of incarnational um, outreach to the community. I want us to embrace this. And we're going to talk about prayer. So take it. Take it All away. All right.
1: All right. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Um, sometimes when I think about prayer, it kind of gets in the same category as like exercise and eating right. Like, yeah, like, you know, you should do it. But like, it sounds like a lot of work and like time and like effort. So sometimes it's easier to be like, um, yeah. So um, I wouldn't say that I have like an incredible, robust prayer life like some of you that are here in this room, Um, but I have, I feel like this last year, this last season, um, the Lord has given me keys to prayer that I just want to share with you all today. Um, We're going to start with Matthew 9, verse 35 through 38. And I want you just to hear what Jesus is saying. Um, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And this scripture really hit hard because for a year, once I went out of the building and was out of the walls, this thing of compassion that I didn't have before came on my heart in a way that I didn't have before. And I was looking at the needs of young people specifically, since that's The mission I'm on, but lots of other needs as well, but that one particularly. And there was a desire for young people to have relationship, like really needing relationship and anxieties high in their life and a sense of belonging. And I just felt overwhelmed with compassion for them at the same time. Oh my goodness, like we're like, there's no labor. Like I didn't know what to do with that. And so this morning, even during the worship, I just felt like what moves you to compassion like what moves you to compassion because that's the very thing like and then that that was something that stuck out to me this morning but what what jesus showed me is the harvest is plentiful the labors are few but he said this was the answer pray earnestly to the lord of harvest to send out labors into his harvest that is so easy like i i i'm going to get to that a little bit later i'm going to jump over to something else but that is so easy all I have to do is just ask and pray like, hey, we need some help over here, okay? And so I'm going to talk later more about that scripture, but I just want to tell you that's where it started. It started with the compassion. It started with feeling overwhelmed at what I was seeing. And what moves you is often what God's calling you to, what moves you. But you don't have to just be moved to one thing. You can be moved in many different Let's be moved towards humanity and compassion. We need compassion. In the world today, we need compassion. And if you don't have compassion, that's okay. Just ask him. It's his harvest, not ours. Ask him, Lord, let something move my heart. I think I've become hard. I think the world made me hard. Well, he wants us to be compassion. He was moved with compassion. Everything Jesus did out of ministry was moved out of compassion for humanity. So, with that said, I was kind of figuring out. Okay, so I need to ask for the um, helpers. Just pray to the Lord of Harvest. It's His harvest. I'm just called to plant and water, but it's God that gives the increase. All right, I got that. And I just wanted to have a deeper understanding of what Jesus did. Like, how did He function? What did He do? How did He do this? And so I was really led to the Lord's Prayer. I wanted to know what he said about prayer. I didn't want to read another prayer book. There's great tools. Those are awesome tools, but I just wanted to hear Scripture, like what does Jesus say about prayer and how to do it, you know? So um, if you want to put that up there, it's Matthew 6, 9, verse 13. Now we're going to say it together just because this is like one of the most memorized um, this is one of the most memorized passages of Scripture. Everybody from every walk of faith knows the Lord's Prayer, as it has been taught. I, I was like thinking, like, How did I even memorize the Lord's Prayer? And I, I'm pretty sure it was when I was in the Methodist church that w- we went through Sunday school, and I think that's when I memorized it. I didn't even know how I memorized it. And uh, it was when I was young. And you'll notice that the ending is not the same as maybe what we've been taught, where it says, Deliver us from, or we get where it's, that is the kingdom and the power. and the, That's not on there, and I'll, I'll tell you why later. Okay, so let's say this together. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, your will be done, earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> Give us this day, we know it, daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, period. The the second part, this is Scripture right here. This is exactly Scripture. The second part that is an add-on, the Protestants added that on, I think, to make it more like a prayer. But it's not in the Bible. Yeah, it's not. This is Scripture. Yeah, that was added on to kind of make it like a prayer. Like, apparently, Jesus said, This then is how you should pray. And apparently man thought, well, we're just going to add something on just to make sure you know this is how you should pray. I don't know why. (laughs) But anyways, no damage done. It's all truth. It's just interesting. Okay, so I want to look at the Lord's Prayer because I feel like Jesus prior to that was basically telling us how not to pray before that. If you go through a couple passages before that, he's basically saying, don't pray, don't be like the religious leaders that pray for show stand on the street corner or in the synagogue and have these crazy, awesome, like, you know, this elaborate prayers for show. They already got their reward. Their reward was, yeah, we see you. <laughs> that was their reward. And Jesus also says, don't pray like the Gentiles that just continually, like, they just had these rote prayers that they just prayed and prayed. and He's like, don't be like that. He said, but go into the secret place where your father is, and there you will be rewarded in secret. And so it's interesting because Jesus brings a revolutionary concept of God as our Father. That was not thought of before. And so he brings this revolutionary. And so my um, goal today and maybe like desire today is to, see, to look at the Lord's Prayer and find confidence in this. Jesus is brilliant. Like the simple prayer that we could memorize. It's, it's a template you know, you use the word templates, and you know, like I need to do a resume, so I'm going to get a template and I'm just going to follow it. This is a template. But when you understand the, the deep wisdom that's in it, it brings you a lot of uh, confidence that I can pray and ask the Lord of harvest from this space of knowing who I am or who, who I'm praying to. And so Jesus um, says, in, He said, Our Father. He tells us three things about Him immediately He's our Father. Who he is, where he lives, and what he's about. Right there. Who he is, where he lives, what he's about. He's our father. God created children. We think the desire to have children comes from us. Like that, that was a man-made thought. That was not a man. That came from God. God the Father decided, I want to have children. The same reason that you decided you wanted to have Emmy. Why do we decide that we want to have children? Because we want to multiply ourselves. We want to bless the generations. under We want to continue our legacy. We want to love somebody that's created in our image. That did not come from us. That came from Father God in heaven. There's a beautiful um, painting that you can pull the painting up if you want. It's uh, Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal, the return of the prodigal. Now, I never knew this about this, but I've been reading um, a certain person named Henry Nowen, and he referenced this, and so I went and looked it up. It's really cool. So this is a prodigal son who left uh, the father and wasted all of his inheritance, and he returns. And the loving father, the coolest thing about it is the left hand of the artist, the, the artist drew the left hand as a male hand. The right hand is female hand. Do you see, like, the shape of it? And Rembrandt did that to portray God as both loving, loving, nurturing, like a mother, but also very strong and protective, like a father. And man and woman came out of God, so that makes sense to me. And I just found it comforting, and I hope you find it comforting, too. I'm not a big Baroque, uh, you know, that's not—I I don't, like, really follow that type of design, but I really like that meaning, so— Anyways, that's your art lesson for today. You're welcome. Um, So God desired to produce children. So he's our father. So we're praying to him who's in heaven, who is holy. Holy is probably a concept in our humanity that's hard to understand personally. Apparently, it's definitely who God is because in Revelations, it says that the the elders are just continually saying, holy, 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 holy. So I think when we're face-to-face with God, that's just going to naturally come out of our mouth, even though I can't really describe holy. It's pure. It's righteous. It's, I mean, the Bible says that, that God is love. I mean, I think if we really understood God is love, I mean, we just can't in our, in our frame of thinking here on this side of heaven. So we're praying to a God that is full of mercy, full of compassion, holy, kind, father figure both nurturing like a mother that's who we're praying to then it says your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so that is Jesus instructing us that we're to pray he talked a lot about the kingdom of God praying heaven to earth is what he's talking about so when you talk about incarnational ministry that Jesus came as God in the flesh he came to bring heaven to earth to show what that would look like guess who gets to do it now us, which brings us back to compassion. What is moving you to compassion? Not only do we want to pray heaven to earth, but we want to be heaven to earth. We're not of this world. We're of another kingdom. When it says pray for those and love those that, that despitefully use you and your enemies, pray for your enemy. that's all kingdom thinking. That's not the world. I mean, turn on the TV. That's not the world. That's not the world's way of thinking. They don't do that. They, pay, they repay evil with evil. But the Bible says to repay evil with good. We can bring heaven on earth wherever we are. We can be moved with compassion at Walmart. Honestly, I think we learn things from people that we're around. So I learned this from just living with my mom and and being with her. It's like, I don't know why Walmart decides to put all of their high things up on the highest shelf and so the elderly can't reach them. And then I don't know why Walmart decides to change the every week they decide they we're going to restock and we're going to make it so different. So then you're like, I think maybe it's a marketing strategy that keeps you in the store longer because you're lost. I'm like, now the deodorant was here. Now the deodorant is in the pet aisle and it makes no sense. I don't understand it. But you can bring heaven on earth at Walmart just by looking for someone that maybe can't pay their bill. Look for someone that can't reach the flower that's on the top shelf that's like 110 pounds that they like she's like 85 that can't get it down. Like that is heaven on earth. That is just being moved with compassion for humanity. That's what he's talking. Not just praying God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, but also being it because somebody else is wanting hell on earth. And we're living in that. So there's two kingdoms coming against each other, one heaven on earth, one hell on earth. If you partner with the hell on earth and you decide that you're going to complain about everything that you can complain about and that you're just going to jump on whatever Facebook or social media and just get on a rant, nobody's going to find Jesus while you are rant on social media. That is not going to lead anybody to Christ. Nobody cares about your, your uh, you know, ideas about social reform. Just go out and do it. Jesus didn't preach about, he didn't hold up a little sign about equal rights for women. No, he just went to the woman at the well and loved her where she was at. He met with prostitutes and, and people that were broken and lost and people that were rich. You know, it's not just the poor. It's everybody needs Jesus. And so let's be moved with compassion. Do not let hell on earth come into your speech, your thinking, your anything. It'll mess you up and it'll keep you from being compassionate. It'll harden your heart okay um daily bread give us um this day our daily bread daily bread at that point is pretty much not just the food but the essence of who jesus is this is where our catholic friends actually get it because they have this Eucharist that is, they held very high. And so, there are very faithful Catholics that will go and take communion every day. They'll go to mass every single, every single day. And faithfully, they will not miss it. And they'll take communion because that daily bread is, the, is Jesus, the Eucharist. And they will take it every day as saying a humility, I need you to sustain me in every place of my life today. It's a beautiful act. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. We must forgive and show mercy. This is tricky. Because the same mercy that Jesus has shown us is what we're supposed to show others. I don't do that very good. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, we're supposed to be as merciful to someone else, usually someone that's hurt us, as much as Jesus has forgiven us. And when you keep that perspective, it really is challenging. And so... If we would just do the two commandments that Jesus said, you can wrap everything around. Love the Father, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we would just love our neighbor as ourself. We're, we're, we do okay about loving God at times, but it's the neighbor that messes us up, you know? And, G, and, and I love back when Jesus said that immediately, and I would have been like that too. Someone wants to know, well, what's the loophole? Because they're like, who's the neighbor? Because he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the next, very next question was like, hmm, that's, there's got to be a loophole here. Who's my neighbor? And I don't know why they kept asking Jesus questions because I probably would have stopped because every time they asked him questions, he gave it a little bit deeper and a little bit harder. He didn't just say, your neighbor is your best buddy. Your neighbor is the guy that's so kind and brings milk and sugar over. No, the neighbor was the Samaritan that he just thought, and he talks about the good Samaritan and how the good Samaritan. So he pretty much said, your enemy is your neighbor. So I would say, what, again, what's moving you with compassion? Are you walking on the other side of the street? Or are you seeing the need and you're going to the need? You can't meet every need. That's why we're to pray to the Lord of harvest because it's his harvest. But you can meet the need you see. And if you see it, there's a reason you see it. And you gotta be moved with compassion. So that's our neighbor, love our neighbor, forgiving. We, we come to God with just, we need his mercy. We probably sin a bunch of times and don't even know we're sinning. Like we just live in a broken, fallen world. There's probably stuff I do that God's like, oh, I really don't like that. You know, but it, we're just, we're, we're just inherited it. We're sinful nature and we need Jesus' redemption. That's why we need Jesus. Even the best person and the worst, we all need him. And so coming before God and just asking him for forgiveness, just help me to walk the way you want me to walk and help me to love others and forgive them well, which is a lifelong decision. This is not, I think it was, um, again, my friend Henry Nowen, I'm reading a lot of him. He's a Catholic priest from that. He just has some beautiful sayings. But he said, life is just a long, a long journey of little steps And some of those little steps are like little dying steps. (laughs) So like, we're basically, I'm going to not be mad at that person, even though everything in me wants to, so it has to like kind of die of like, I wanna say, tell them off, or I wanna like say something mean to them or, and that's, so it's a long journey of just taking little steps along, little right steps along the way. Um, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This, um, God doesn't lead us, he doesn't tempt us, but basically the, the message was you, there will be temptations, and we want to ask him to help us overcome them, and Jesus knew ahead of time, like with Peter, he said, this would have probably, like, put the hair on the back of my head, neck, stand up, when he said this to Peter, he's like, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail and that you'll strengthen your, but I'm like, Oh no, he's desired to sift me. Like that would be scary. And Jesus prayed that he would not give into it. So we can also partner and pray that we do not give into temptations. And then he said, um, and deliver us from evil, which is really the evil one. And so I started using this template throughout my day and just praying it as I went through. And, um, which is going to bring me back over to Matthew 9:35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages and John went out through all the cities all of Fairmont and villages teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's the state of our community and our world. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plenty. People are ready. People are ready. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's not our harvest He's the father. These are his children. These are his fellow image bearers. Yeah, they might really be rough, and they might really not be the most friendly, but they're his. And they need compassion, and they need someone who's willing to go and pray that God would send more. And so just to uh, tell a few little things that happened. So in the Mountain State region in West Virginia, we have a we have regional meetings with Young Life, and we have this huge map, and we have all the places where Young Life is, which is basically someone, Young Life is a outreach ministry. It's a nonprofit. It's Our goal is to, you know, tell kids about, introduce kids to Jesus, help them grow in their faith. We do that by building relationships. If there's ever been a time that relationships need to be built with children and youth, it's now, and they do not want someone who's in skinny jeans well i think skinny jeans are out now they don't need to have some hipster like they want like they're cool with me like they want they want like how should i say this i guess warm is the like warm is the new cool they're looking for just someone to talk to listen to compassion anxiety among that generation is very large 52 percent of Marion County kids live in non-biological homes there's a need all right that's my spiel so we had this mountain state and there were like five counties that we weren't in that our regional director said you know what let's just let's just get in the little groups and let's just let's just you know put our hands on her or pray or whatever and just ask let's just ask God to send people it wasn't an elaborate prayer it wasn't like we weren't screaming or shouting we weren't we weren't like whispering either we just were having a conversation and a month later the next month all those places were filled so that's saying that God's heart this is the timing is right that means that if that's the case whoa we got to get busy because the timing's right that when we're saying it he's filling it almost instantaneously so i last year talked to karen and gary they live um over on the east side And I was at East Fairmont Middle School. I decided to sub there because that was like one of the middle schools that we weren't in. And so um, I had prayed and I just said, God, put me wherever you want me. This was during the pandemic. We decided to be substitutes to get into the schools as missionaries. And so um, I prayed. I said, I could pick what school and like not pick any others, but I'm going to ask. So he immediately, it was East Fairmont Middle and then I noticed they needed a volleyball coach, so I jumped on that. No, I don't play volleyball, yes, I need a lot of help, but it's awesome because the girls we I just I come home every night from that and I'll just tell my mom, I, I just love those kids. I just love those kids just love them um, and that's really what I'm doing I'm just loving kids and uh, so I asked Karen and Gary I said, hey, would you be praying for East Fairmont middle because it's the closest school to you And they're like, yeah, sure, that was a year ago and then couple, in May, I was driving down the road, and I was thinking about this one young man named Derek, and he is a, a middle school teacher, and he's close to this other region. I thought, man, I would love to have a Derek in my town. That would be so awesome. Because we could really, he's hes not married yet. He doesn't have kids. We could really partner. And it would be really great. And then I felt a little jealous about the people that did have Derek's, and then I, then I prayed for them. I prayed for their minister. I said, Lord, bless them all. And so... Uh, a couple days later, I was at a wedding and there was Derek. And I'm like, hey, dude, I was like praying for you the other day. I was thinking about you. And he's like, oh, really? He goes, did you hear what I did? And I'm like, no, what? And he goes, I applied for the social studies teachers at East Fairmont Middle. And I'm like, don't play with me. He's like, he's like, no, I did. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I said, that is crazy. Well, lo and behold, he got it. He got the job. So he said, East Fairmont Middle. And he's like, in my county. So then, um, I was leaving volleyball one day and there's a a nice teacher coming in and she's, you know, they're unpacking all their stuff. And, and she said that, um, we just started talking. I told her a little bit about young life. She's like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. She goes, God led me here. She goes, I just transferred to come to the school. Guess what? She teaches social studies. She's like the grade right below Derek. So they'll work together. They'll be in the same hallway. So, um, so all this stuff's happening. And so I thought, I'm starting to see, like, maybe, and I had a lot of favor there. I'm like, so I saw Karen and Gary, and I'm like, hey, I just want to ask you, have you been praying for East Fairmont Middle School? And Gary's like, oh, yeah, every day. And And then Karen's like, I've been specifically praying for staff that God would send teachers. And I'm like, don't stop. Keep it going. And so I just want to encourage you that prayer works, even though sometimes we think it doesn't. And thank God he didn't answer some of the prayers I prayed. I might be married to people I didn't want to be married to. I might be working a job I didn't want to be working. I mean, we don't know, you know? So just trust God. If you don't get the answer you're looking for, uh, there's always, he's good, and there's always a reason. And I don't want to take up too much more time, but I just want to encourage you, if there is a high school near you, pray for that school. Watson Elementary is near me and the baseball field. So when I drive by there, which is like 100 times a day, I pray, God, send just bless those sports teams, Lord. Send laborers. Like, I just, that's all I'm praying. I'm, I'm confident in the Lord's prayer, and that's who I'm praying to. And so, find a school near you and just ask God to send helpers. Amen? All right, thank you.
0: Amen, 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 amen. Let's go ahead and have our, those that are serving communion, go ahead and let's um, begin our communion time. And I want to ask if each person here would receive, first of all, the uh, little bread. We'll do that first. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and uh, everybody receive. Go ahead and serve everyone. And uh, hold it until all are served. Hold it in your hand. And uh, we will partake together. Together. I just want to reaffirm our new sense of calling, a renewed, a renewed sense of calling to prayer. I wanted Lori to tell the story of young life and the reaching out to young people. We're going to take a room at the top of the stairs and we're going to transform it into a prayer room. Call it a war room or whatever. We have multitudes of prayer needs in there. My hope and desire is that as you walk up the stairs, you'll begin feeling the presence of God. You'll have an intimate encounter with him and take on his heart. Because um, what's wrong with our uh, view of a religious perspective of prayer is that it's not really communion he says, go into your private place and talk to dad he gave out a book called The School of His Presence changed my life in a deep way realizing that I'm depraved the beginning place of communion is I have nothing in me but he is everything Therefore, I can relax into one who is everything and not come with a sense of, I have to pull something off. And then with the grace to concentrate on him, and for someone like me, probably someone like you, your heart begins to move into adoration of who he is. You begin to love him. And then he begins to manifest the flow of his presence. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And most people then right there, as the author says, because there's a place of receiving revelation. Revelation can turn into meditation and prayer. But most people run up to God and get a little hug and run on. But what if you just resigned yourself to be in his presence and just be there? just be just resign that he is everything Jesus did that Jesus is our model He didn't come to do His will. He came to do the will of the Father. And when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, He prayed because His own humanness manifested. He needed prayer. He needed to pray. And this is what He prayed if there's any way that this cup can pass from me thinking of the crucifixion and what he was going to go through in his body which is what we're holding in our hand if there's any way this can pass by me but nevertheless would you just say nevertheless not my will but thine be done and that's the essence of walking with god your will being manifest getting your way when you want it often leads to a very screwed up life problem upon problem upon problem multiplied problem not only to you but everybody around you today You can release all that. You can say, not my will. Don't even have an attitude of how God's going to answer your prayer. Just know he will be with you. As he said, I will be with you. In the midst of every tribulation, I will be with you. That's the reward. And then he gives you some kind of unusual power, a sense of intimacy, an assurance, a holy nudge, something that shows you he's there that's enough. And you can walk through anything. Let's lift it before the Lord. Would you just say, not my will, but thine be done. May your life become the fullness of the life that I live. I set mine aside and I submit to you and I praise you for your life. Thank you for giving your life to us. Help me now live the crucified life, shedding all of the things of the flesh that get me in trouble. I submit to you, Lord. And now let your fullness of your life, the holiness of your body, mend the broken places within me. In the name of Jesus, let's partake together. Bring that music down just a little bit. My hope is secure in the Lord God alone not in the things that I see Boldly I come to the throne room of grace to find mercy in my time of need. His foundation of love is what I'm thinking of, for His blood was shed for me. The battle's not mine. It's been His all the time, and He is my sure victory every shackle of hell is broken Uh, I think the Lord just showed me that any time, see we heard about prayer today, we heard about prayer and the Lord wants to revive an intimacy and a prayer life in you and me And I'm asking now by the power of the blood that your perspective that hell put on you that says this is not you, that that be taken from you because your heart craves the love of dad, where all the fullness of our answered prayers flow from, lining up under him. This is so good. I want to record this and listen back because Jesus has given us his life and his blood was shed to not only remove our sins but quicken us into the fullness of all these the revelation of who he is Um, I'm going to just lift your heads, close your eyes just for a minute we're going to partake just in a second Father God I ask the spirit of revelation flood the heart there are certain ones sitting in here that need answers that they've been waiting upon you I'm asking now you just begin to sow the seeds of revelation of your heart into their souls for the next season of their life. That those, I feel like the Lord is even saying, your waiting time is good. Continue being before me. That's a word. Your waiting time is good. Continue being before me. Uh, There's a confidence growing. There's a confidence growing. You won't do it the way you did it in the past. You're gonna become new in the way you're going about. It's a new day, and the Lord is giving a new strategy. You're going to give up the ways of your old expectations in yourself, and you're gonna have a newfound expectation in Him to do things within you. That you've never been able to do that's what he's doing that's what he's doing so it's a greater not my will but thine be done it's a greater sense of resignation of your plans what you're gonna do for him and let him come and say I'm with you and I am for you Let his I'm for you become to be the empowerment of what you're called to be. Let's praise him just for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, as we partake this, we say, not my will, but thine be done, because you drank the cup. As we drink the cup, we're saying we want to have the same resolve in our souls as Jesus did. Amen. Let's partake let's praise him hallelujah praise you jesus praise you jesus praise you jesus i feel like if we could all stand up we're, don't do this but if we could throw those cups on the floor and stomp on them you know and just, hallelujah you know but then we won't i'm just saying that's the kind of feeling of victory that that can come you know you just you know Say, I'm, I'm moving forward in the authority of Jesus Christ. Let me give you my cup before I do that and model something I don't want to happen. Hallelujah. As we're handing the cups in to the, and the putting them in the baskets there, I want you all, if any way possible, we have cafe today. Let's fellowship together and go and have some munchies. Let's stand together. Tell the person next to you, you look a lot better. You look a lot better. You look a lot better. You look nice, but you look even better now. Being in Jesus' presence makes you look so good. Hallelujah. Uh, let's, let's, let's head on. In Jesus' name, you're released. Let's head on over to fellowship together in the, uh, and have some munchies. God bless.